Welcome to the Agastya Hour. Agastya Satre Swagatam. Sarvebhyaha Namonamaha. Agastya Guru Kulasya Chatraha Idani Ramayanantar Gata Sundara Kanda Katham Shravayantu. And now the third and fourth grade students of Agastya Gurukulam present a Sanskrit play based on the Sundara Kandam of Ramayana. Pavitre Kim Karoshi Krida Vahava Adya Krida Nasti Boho Pita Mahau Agachatam Pavatanam Pita Mahaha Ramayana Katam Vadishyati Ramayanam Va Sarvam Dukham Nasti Tata Aham jane, astiva tatra sahasa vicharaha. Asti, yadi ramayana vishaye bavataha idrishi bavana asti, tarhi shunu sundara kandam. Evam va shavaya. Sundare sundaro ramaha, sundare sundarafkapihi, sundare sundari sita, sundare kimnas sundaram. Iti sundara kandasya prashamsa. Jambavantena Pavana Sutaha Swasamartyam Nishamya Sitan Veshanaya Shata Yojanam Samudram Langhati Yojanamitikte Eka Yojanasi twelve kilami Ha Bahusahasa Chitanam Vartate Atra Agre Agre Vayu Sutaha Samudram Langhaitva Langam Prapnoti Kutraham Pashami Kutrasti Mama Deva Mata Kutrapinasti Yadi Sita Darshanam Vinacharami Tatrajama Lakshmano Mama Sakayaha Sugrivaha Ayodhyayam Sarve Prajaha Murkaha Eva Bhavanti Eva Mahavatu Punahan Vishami Are Dushtana Madde Kapi Drishamana Varsate Tam Sarvaha Rakshasyaha Pidayantya Santi Aho Darvagyam Yameva Syat Param Kathamaham Sambhashe Asuddha Brahma Parat Pararama Kalatmaka Parameshwara Rama Shesha Talpa Sukhanidrita Rama Brahma Tyamara Prathita Rama Chandakiranakula Mandana Rama Srimadha Sharatanandana Rama Kausalya Sukhavardhana Rama Kosti Eshaha Mama Swaminaha Gunagana Kuruanasti Kosi Pavan Katham Janasi Mama Aryam Kutaha Markatamana Vayohovatis Neha Satyam Bruhi Hanuman Sarvam Ritantam Katayati Aho Pajan Kathamasti Mama Arya Devi Pavatyaha Dashanot Sukaha Vartate Sarvata Sarvataha Bhavati eva smaran bhavat. Ataha bhavatim anveshtum vayam sarve prayatamai. Sui kuru ramasya idamanguliyakam. Arya, mamariyasya. Idanim bhavati vishwasi. Astu sui kuru mama churamani. Aryaya sakasura katham shravaya. Mama swami ravanam bhitva ithamam nayet. Astu mata. Are eva meva katham gachami. Udhyana dikam bhagnam karomi. Tada ravanaha hanumata krita cheshtam nishamya swasainyam preshayati. Sarvan rakshasan nashayati anjani putraha. Tada indrajita brahmastrena baddaha 
आचार्य सुनील शर्मा धन्यवाद with uh, Shrimati Indu Vishwanathan by Agastya Gurukulam. The title for uh, today's Chai Pe Charcha is Hindu-American Encounters with Schools. I'll give you a brief um, introduction to our guest today. Indu Vishwanathan has worked in the field of education for 20 years as a teacher, as an educator of teachers, and as a non-profit research director. She is currently a doctoral candidate at Columbia University um, in their teacher's college. Her research focuses on the transnational consciousness of second generation Indian American teachers. She's a second generation Hindu American herself, uh, raising third generation Hindu American children. Uh, in addition to having experienced how Hinduism is taught in American schools, both as a student and as a teacher herself, she has seen how it impacts her children and where it sits in conversations about school, immigration, and teacher education. She's keenly aware that the academic narrative about Hinduism is controlled by a small group of influencers who both reinscribe coloniality and do not seem open to scholarly liberal dissent. She is committed to adding dharmic voices and reverence for adhikara to the conversation. So with that, let me welcome Induji to our Chai Picharcha and uh, Induji. Namaskaram. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here and I'm very excited to chat with you. We've been talking for a few weeks now and I'm really looking forward to this. So we have actually had a very large list of questions submitted by our uh, um, participants. Yeah. And I don't see how we are going to get through all of them in an hour but I'm going to get started right away so that we can get through as many of them as possible. Sounds good. You know, you started off in a totally different field, uh, mm -hmm. but then switched to education. Mm -hmm. so how did that happen and what drew you to education and what has been your journey in education since then? I started off uh, as an economist. I got a bachelor's degree in economics because, um, well, I'll backtrack a little bit. My father is an engineer. And he came here in 1966, you know, the very classic uh, post-1965 immigration law change immigrant from India. He suggested that I become an engineer. And after we had a good laugh about it, 
uh, I decided to pursue other things uh, and I went to a liberal arts college um, and I studied different things. I started off as a math major, then a government major, and then I settled on economics as a sort of happy medium between the two. Worked as an economist for a few years because you know my father's advice was pursue what you're passionate about, but it should also be practical. You should be able to make a living off of it. And so, you know, stick to something that gives you concrete tools. So economists seem to make sense. Uh, and while I was intellectually intrigued by the field of economics, I was not, neither was I personally satisfied with, with the sort of work culture, nor was I really compelled by the impact I was having on society. Um, and I had grown up in a, in a household that was not only uh, deeply steeped in love and reverence, and very specifically, not in dogma, but in love and reverence for dharma and for the sort of spirit of inquiry that I think is is baked into our civilization, um, but also a really keen sense of, you know, what are we doing in our and during our time on this planet? That was very much a question um, that that my parents guided me in, and so that question kept coming back to me, and so I happened to be volunteering on the weekends while I was working as an economist. Uh, with a, an organization that was just mentoring inner city youth, um, not just academically, but just sort of engaging with them. And I started thinking to myself, you know, I'm, I'm 22 years old and I enjoy waking up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning to go work with these kids more than I enjoy going to my paid gig. Uh, there's something there. And so my boss, who was, um, who was the chief U.S. economist of this investment bank, uh, was very much like a big brother and a mentor for me. And he had come from a family of teachers. And, and upon reflection, I actually had teachers in my family in India, and I hadn't even it hadn't even occurred to me that that was sort of a viable profession. And so as I sat with it and, and, and thought about my options and how I wanted to be engaging in the world and what I wanted to be doing as a human being on the planet, what I would be proud to tell my children I did every day, one day when I had children, uh, education and working with kids and working with people in real environments and being in that spirit of inquiry just made so much sense. So going back to the, the growing up here in the US, what was your experience um, specifically growing up as a Hindu kid here? Did you come across Hindu phobia in those times? I would say, so this was, we're talking, I'm dating myself now, we're talking about the 70s and 80s. Um, and so then it was either that nobody really knew about it. I mean, I guess in some new age places, not where I grew up, but maybe like new agey West Coasty stuff, maybe there was some concept of yoga and spirituality, but not necessarily linked with Hinduism. But other than that, people were pretty clueless, except for really like grossly racist, like horrifyingly overt things that any reasonable and kind person would say, well, that doesn't seem very nice. And so in ways, yes, it existed. You had things like Indiana Jones coming out. You had, you know, all of these overtly um, exotifying tropes coming out. And at the same time, it wasn't as insidious. It was so overt that it was easy to, to point out. Uh, so yes, I, I certainly grew up with um, our the, the most uh, obvious aspects of Hinduism being mocked, but also because I grew up in a community that was, um, I grew up with a lot of Jewish people, and so there wasn't this sort of Christian normativity in the community that I grew up with, and there was an awareness that there there is a dominant religion in the country, and that other people are impacted by it. Um, yeah, so having grown up in New York, I think you know, with our New York values, um, it, it sort of sheltered me from some of that, or or it it allowed me to, to talk about some of it. But but certainly it was around. And then as I as I got older, um, 
And I expressly didn't study Hinduism in college um, because for me it had always been very private. So because it was sort of overtly mocked and misunderstood in public spaces and in media and in school, I adopted a very private version of Hindu. I wasn't sort of publicly Hindu. I was privately Hindu and it, it guided all of my choices, but it's not something I really talked about. And so I went to, when I went to college, it didn't seem like something that I would engage with academically. Uh, and so now we're talking about the early 90s. And I think that's when some of this very deep rooted Hindu phobia in academia started to take hold in a different way. So instead of it being these bad anthropologists mocking Hinduism, it became Hinduism itself needs to be deconstructed and dismantled and it's bad. And so while I wasn't privy to that because I didn't study it, uh, I soon became aware of it when I went out into the world after graduation. So it's changed form, I guess is my short answer. Right, right. And so now do you think your children are having to deal with more Hindu phobia than you did um, and shaming because of being Hindus? Are you seeing that? Um, so, you know, I talked to them about it and um, they say that it doesn't really come up in school uh, and that their identities don't come up in school. Um, and but also their identities don't come up in school. And so they're very aware that there are these ideas being circulated in the media, um, popular ideas that have seem to have some kind of cachet amongst people who want to do the right thing. Uh, people who identify as critical thinkers, as progressive, and, you know, and as a family, we very much do. And of course, we're operating with a completely different set of assumptions and information. Right. So it's not that we're against critical thinking or progressive thinking. We're just operating with different a different set of assumptions. Right. Um, and so I think they're tentative, you know, even with me as their mother, I think they're tentative with engaging in these conversations because there is so much narrative to unpack and they're kids and they just kind of want to be kids. Um, and so because the situation allows them to avoid it because they're not having to deal with stuff, um, they just kind of avoid it, which I kind of get. I mean, when you're when you're a multiply minoritized teenager, um, you kind of just want to fit in. Right. How about yourself as a Hindu teacher um, in the public school system? Have you encountered Hindu phobia or racism and how have you dealt with it? Uh, I think uh, it's helpful to first maybe unpack the term Hinduphobia a little bit because I think it's a little bit misleading. So I would say the things that I would ascribe to Hinduphobia are the very overt, like you eat monkey brains type of like fear mongering about what Hindus actually do and that our practices are, are sort of disgusting or repellent, those sorts of stereotypes. But what I see around me happening that I've, I'm becoming increasingly, I guess, articulate in, in, in naming is that it's couched under um, humanitarian work that uh, in order to be a good person, you need to call out all of the ways in which Hinduism is, is bad and not in just Hindu society, but theologically is grounded in these oppressive things. And so that becomes like a really difficult thing to, to combat, right? Especially when you're in an environment you know, like I, I got my teaching degree in a program that's committed to teaching from a social justice stance. And so that becomes really complicated. It also becomes a place where I can have these conversations. They're difficult, but I can have these conversations. I just need, ha need to get better at naming it and talking about it. 
so the ways in which I say uh, I would say that I encounter it is that you know for instance when I decided to write my dissertation and focus on Indian American teachers the first question I got from any professor or, or any peer really that knew a little bit about Indian society was well are you going to take up caste so so in that sense I would say the reduction of all of Hindu society and all of India to caste and I'm not at all saying that caste is not an issue, but the reduction of the entire conversation to caste is a form of um, Hindu phobia, maybe, or Hindu misia, or anti-Hinduism. It is a it is a colonial lens on caste. And when I say that, I'm not even saying that caste is simply a byproduct of coloniality or colonialism. I acknowledge that there are things uh, built into Hindu society that have lasted past the end of colonialism that we need to address, but ascribing that to the theology of Hinduism and to the, the scriptural foundation, to the, to the Shruti of Hinduism rather than the Smriti yeah. is a real problem that needs to be addressed. Yes.